Welcome to Zazlo Show 2.0, presented from day one by Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys. You're dealing with any kind of accident, any personal injury, slip and fall, motorcycle, car accident, bike. Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys, 800 747 free. That's 800 747 3733. Title sponsors from day number one. No. Before day number one of Zaslow Show 2.0, my guys Mark Anajar, Glenn Levine, Ellie Anajar, they believe in me. If you're listening to the show right now and you're dealing with any kind of personal injury, I'm sending you to my friends, Anajar and Levine, accident attorneys. You don't have to deal with the insurance companies. You don't have to deal with the medical bills. You need to focus on getting right. That's where they come in. They handle all the stuff that you don't want to be bothered with. You need to make sure you're getting healthy and they're going to make sure you're getting the money that you deserve. Anna Jar and Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. Proud title sponsors of Zaslow Show 2.0. Hey, if you've been searching for a refreshing beer that feels like you're back in the Caribbean, well, search no more. Proud sponsor of Zaslow Show 2.0, Johnny Cuba. It's a lifestyle. We're talking European roots with a Caribbean soul, a refreshing German lager in a can. That's right. Pick up a six-pack of Johnny Cuba, Sedano's, Presidente, Winn-Dixie. Got great six-pack deals going on right now. You got... Hot sauce, that's right, made from selected Caribbean habanero peppers. You know your boy Zazlo loves the hot sauce. Go pick up some Caribbean soul in a can. Johnny Cuba, stay tranquilo. If you're a homeowner, you need to make sure you have the proper coverage. And that's why I'm sending you to Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance and Financial Services because we know that if there's, God forbid, an issue with our home, we need to know that we're covered properly. From Pensacola to the Keys and beyond, Brunt Insurance and Financial Services delivers comprehensive insurance and financial solutions tailored to your needs. Since 2013, Brunt Insurance specializes in home and auto insurance. Bruntinsurance.com. You could also check them out on social media at Brunt Insurance. Look, the market's confusing. Let Brunt Insurance sort it all out for you with their fully licensed staff, and they know the area. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance to make sure that they're covered, and that's why I'm sending you to them as well. Bruntinsurance.com. 954-589-2204. Welcome aboard. This is Zazlo Show 2.0. Welcome to Zazlo Show 2.0, presented from day one by Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys. You're dealing with any kind of accident, any personal injury, slip and fall, motorcycle, car accident, bike, Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. 
888-789-3733. Title sponsors from day number one. No, before day number one of Zaslow Show 2.0. My guys, Mark Anajar, Glenn Levine, Ellie Anajar. They believe in me. If you're listening to the show right now and you're dealing with any kind of personal injury, I'm sending you to my friends, Anajar and Levine, Accident Attorneys. You don't have to deal with the insurance companies. You don't have to deal with the medical bills. You need to focus on getting right. That's where they come in. They handle all the stuff that you don't want to be bothered with. You need to make sure you're getting healthy, and they're going to make sure you're getting the money that you deserve. Anna John Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. Proud title sponsors of Zaslow Show 2.0. Hey, if you've been searching for a refreshing beer that feels like you're back in the Caribbean, well, search no more. Proud sponsor of Zaslow Show 2.0, Johnny Cuba. It's a lifestyle. We're talking European roots with a Caribbean soul, a refreshing German lager in a can. That's right. Pick up a six-pack of Johnny Cuba, Sedanos, Presidente, Win dixie Got great six-pack deals going on right now. You got hot sauce, that's right, made from selected Caribbean habanero peppers. You know your boy Zaslow loves the hot sauce. Go pick up some Caribbean soul in a can. Johnny Cuba, stay tranquilo. If you're a homeowner, you need to make sure you have the proper coverage. And that's why I'm sending you to Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance and Financial Services because we know that if there's, God forbid, an issue with our home, we need to know that we're covered properly. From Pensacola to the Keys and beyond, Brunt Insurance and Financial Services delivers comprehensive insurance and financial solutions tailored to your needs. Since 2013, Brunt Insurance specializes in home and auto insurance. Bruntinsurance.com. You could also check them out on social media at Brunt Insurance. Look, the market's confusing. Let Brunt Insurance sort it all out for you with their fully licensed staff, and they know the area. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance to make sure that they're covered, and that's why I'm sending you to them as well. Bruntinsurance.com. 954-589-2204. Welcome aboard. This is Zaslow Show 2.0. All right, welcome everyone. Zaslow Show 2.0. It is a Thursday, the 10th of November. Good to have you aboard. We got a lot happening today, a lot to get to. We got week 10 of the NFL getting going tonight. You got your favorite little basketball team, the Miami Heat, back in action. The Panthers, they skated last night. There's a lot happening, all right? I got something going on this afternoon. We'll get to that as well. However, you're listening to us. I love you long time. You know the drill. Like, rate, comment, subscribe. Tell your friends. Tell your mother I say hello. iTunes, Spotify, iHeart, Google, and of course the YouTube channel. YouTube.com slash at Zaslow Show. You know the drill by now. Zaslow Show 
2.0 title sponsor. You heard all you always hear at the top of the show, presented by our title sponsor, my good friends at Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys. I don't just say that. That's not just something you say, hey, they're my good friends, you know. No, I'm talking about they are supporting the show. They threw me a lifeline right at the get-go. They instilled a ton of confidence in me, and and I trust them, all right? And if I trust them, I'm steering you right toward them, all right? If you're dealing with any kind of accident, you got a personal injury, Anajar and Levine Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. That's 3733. All right, today's a big day. We're getting ready for Week 10, which starts tonight. You got Dolphins, Browns this weekend. First thing I got to mention... Now, I'm not someone who complains about schools. This is not sports-related, but it's, it's got to be said. I'm not someone who complains about schools, complains about teachers. Being, look, my wife's a principal. Being a teacher is a hard job. I know this, all right? It is not easy. You know, give, give the teachers a break. They're doing their best. It's, I'm, I'm very pro-teacher. Who's not pro-teacher, by the way? I'm very pro-teacher. You can hold me to that. Teachers, it's a tough job. They're trying their best. I'll look outside today. It's a perfectly freaking sunny day. How the, why the hell is my 11-year-old son sitting home from school today? He's downstairs right now, home from school. Why is there no school? I know we, you know, we were supposed to get some bad weather, we thought a few days ago. But we also knew a, a couple of days ago that it was going to miss us, at least here in Broward, Right. I don't know what's going on in Miami-Dade, but Broward, there's no school. And yesterday, there was no school. It was drizzling all day. There was a gust of wind. Why was there no school? And, and today is a beautiful day outside. There's no school. What the hell is happening out there? All right, I had to get that out there. I, you know, what's going Why is there no school? Okay, anyway. It was not like this when I was a kid. I don't know. Everyone's very soft now. It's been drizzling. Oh, my God. No school. All right. Very good. So let's start with, with what I think we need to get into right at the top of the show. You know I'm – hey, we got a guest coming up on the show today. We'll get to that. But first, I, I got to talk about the Dolphins. I got to talk about the Dolphins. All right. So the Dolphins have the Browns this weekend. Everybody knows that. Dolphins are looking for their fourth straight win. The big news, though, and we got a poll question up. Zaslow Show 2.0 poll question today. Go to at Zaslow Show. You can also hit me up on the gram. I'm an influencer, Zaslow J. But you go to Twitter, at Zaslow Show. Zaslow Show 2.0 poll question today is, with Josh Allen, day-to-day, Josh Allen's got a UCL injury. Now, that's Tommy John. All right, if you're saying UCL, hmm, elbow, is it? Yes, that's Tommy John. I think the Bills and Josh Allen have a problem. You heard Sean McDermott, the coach, yesterday. Day-to-day, it's all I have. We're not going to talk about Josh Allen anymore. So they're clearly stressed. They're on pins and needles. He's not likely to play this weekend. And they have a huge game. They're playing Minnesota. Today's Zaslow Show 2.0 poll question. at Zaslow Show on Twitter. With Josh Allen day-to-day, the AFC East... Is, and here are your choices. Still goes through Buffalo. What is the AFC? You know, maybe you follow me on Twitter. Maybe you don't know anything about sports. I don't know, so I'll give you a choice there. 
still goes through Buffalo. What is the AFC East? Which is getting some votes. And wide the F open. Those are your choices. Still goes through Buffalo. What is the AFC East? Wide the F open. Those are your choices. Go at Zaslow Show. You guys are coming out to the polls. You're voting early and often. I love it. I'll update it a little later on in the show today. But get out there all throughout the day. That's the big question today. That's the big topic today. The Dolphins, looking for a fourth consecutive win, have Cleveland this weekend. Jacoby Brissett, I think Dolphins are a five-point favorite. Jacoby Brissett this weekend, he sucks. All right, Let, let's give him what's coming to him. You, you stunk last year, and now you're going to get what you deserve. All right, Dolphins defense is finally going to get after him. Jalen Phillips, Emmanuel Ogba, Melvin Ingram, uh, Bradley Chubb. You didn't bring him here for nothing. Bradley Chubb, going to make his presence felt. All right, so this weekend, Dolphins are getting after the quarterback. You owe me to that. This weekend, Dolphins are getting after the quarterback. You heard it here. All right. So, Dolphins have Cleveland. Buffalo has Minnesota. And for that matter, the Jets. Jets are actually off. And we know the AFC right now. You still have the Bills sitting at 6-2. and two. The Bills still technically, via tiebreaker, are sitting atop the entire AFC. We talked about this. The AFC is set... When I say the AFC, I'm talking about number one, the spot that gets a bye, which is Buffalo, and number seven, the last wild card spot, which right now is the Chargers. One game separates them. Six and two, five and three. One game separates them. And for that matter, the Dolphins are a half game back. Not in the AFC East, in the entire AFC, the Dolphins are a half game back. So if Josh Allen doesn't play this weekend, I mean, New York beating Buffalo last week, Really opened the door. Because I think, I already voted in the Zaslow Show 2.0 poll today. I voted wide the F open. So I, I, my vote's already cast. And that's because the Jets kicked down that door last week for the Dolphins. And it's wide the F open. With the Jets beating Buffalo last week, now it's on. It was on with or without Josh Allen's injury. Because we got the tie break against Buffalo. We're playing them one more time. So you could gain... Uh, like, like, essentially, you would gain two games against them if the Dolphins win that game against Buffalo. That, that, that's, that's a two-game swing right there. You could gain a game, and you win the tiebreaker 2-0. That's a two, that's what you called, that's what you call the old twofer. That's a two-game swing. Everybody knows that. If the Bills lose this weekend and the Dolphins win, Dolphins are first place in the AFC East, and depending on what else happens across, you know, the AFC could be first place in the entire AFC. The key, though, is, is winning the division. Because if you win the division, you, you want to avoid postseason where you have to play at Buffalo and at Kansas City. Even if you host in the first round in the wild card, you want to avoid having to go to Buffalo and having to go to KC. If you win the division, you don't have to do that. If you win the division, you could wind up getting two home games. But you're not going to have to go to Buffalo if you win the division. So winning the division is huge. But now with Josh Allen, that that's a Tommy John situation. I don't now I don't know if it's a scenario where he can't play through it, although Josh Allen, he's got a monster arm. Do you feel like Josh Allen's able to throw with a a, a UCL injury that's going to require Tommy John surgery? No, I don't know if it's going to require Tommy John surgery. All I'm telling you is that cuz you you hear UCL, Josh Allen, if you hear UCL with a pitcher, you know it's Tommy John. Yeah, this is Tommy John. 
So this is potentially a serious thing with Josh Allen. And that's why we have today's Zaslow Show 2.0 poll question. So with Buffalo against Minnesota, it's, it's in Buffalo. I mean, Minnesota, they're hot, hot as hell, hot as a pistol. Josh Allen out, potentially. And if the Dolphins beat Cleveland, they would be in the driver's seat. Jets are off. And the Jets right now own the tiebreak against Dolphins. They're going to play the last week of the season here at Hard Rock Stadium. That's going to be amazing. I, you know, I don't, I don't know if I'm trying to go to the game this weekend against Cleveland. I already told you yesterday, I might be trying to go to the game this weekend against Cleveland. Tickets are very expensive, so that's why I might be trying to go. Everybody knows when I'm trying to go to a game or, or a show. That means I'm looking for the hookup. That means I'm sending the bat signal out there to the world, and I'm looking for the hookup. I I might be trying to go this weekend. I think I'm definitely trying to go to the Jets game, the last game of the year. I, I'm just going to put that out there now. Last game of the season against the Jets. I'm, try, I'm trying to go. I am. I'm trying to go. I got to be honest. I can't lie to you. So I'm, I'm, super, I'm so pumped about the Dolphins. I haven't felt this way in so long where the entire week I'm looking forward to the game. And now you got this Josh Allen injury. And I'm see, I'm not one of those fans like, oh, I, I, I hope he could play. I hope he's not hurt. I'll, I want to beat them at full strength. I want to win the division the right way. I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. I, I just want to win. Now, now, I'm not sitting here saying, I hope guys get hurt. No, I don't hope guys get hurt. I never hope guys get hurt. I don't hope guys get hurt. But if Josh Allen is hurt, so I, I didn't cause that injury. I didn't hope for that injury. If I'm not saying I don't hope he gets better. But if Josh Allen is hurt and he can't play and the Dolphins take advantage, I'm good with that. I don't care. Like if the Dolphins wind up winning the AFC East, Dolphins go out and win the Super Bowl. Oh my God, can you imagine? Uh, that's a fantasy, right? That's a fairy tale. If the Dolphins go on and they win the Super Bowl, and it's because Josh Allen was hurt, and Josh Allen couldn't play the rest of the season. And then someone says that to you at the end of the year, or someone says that in a couple years, like, yo, you only won that Super Bowl because Josh Allen got hurt. You, you know what my response is? I laugh so hard in their face. I laugh so, so, I can't stop laughing. They're going to think there's something wrong with me. I laugh so hard in their face. I don't want guys to get hurt, but I just want to win. And if that scenario on over there, which I have nothing to do with, results in the Dolphins winning, I'm good with it. Totally good with it. So I think that I think it's wide the F open now. I think Buffalo could have a problem. That's a Tommy John situation with Josh Allen. This AFC East, go vote at Zaslow Show, Zaslow Show 2.0. Poll question. With Josh Allen day to day, the AFC East is. And I already voted. Can't vote twice. That's election fraud. Everybody knows about that. I voted wide the F open. There you go. As far as other NFL stuff, you got Week 10 getting going tonight. Falcons and Panthers. I, I do I do want to say something about that. Obviously, Falcons-Panthers is a terrible game. Terrible game. But the whole... They, they shouldn't be doing Thursday night football. These games are terrible. Or why can't you have better games? I don't understand the complaining with Thursday night football. Which would you rather? Let's say there was no Thursday night football. And so Falcons at Panthers was, you know, sitting there with your 
regular 1 p.m. slate of games on Sunday. You wouldn't watch it. You would definitely not watch it. And if you don't have the NFL Sunday ticket, you, you definitely can't watch it. So which would you rather? Would you rather no football on Thursday night? Or would you rather them take one of the games on Sunday afternoon, even if it's a shit game, Falcons at Panthers, would you rather no Thursday night football? Or, you know, I, I now, now granted, the Heat are playing tonight, so that's big TV status in the Zazzle Mansion family room. But whatever, forget about that. Not everybody cares about the Heat. Would you rather nothing to do tonight, nothing to watch tonight, or would you rather them take one of the random games on Sunday afternoon, which you would never pay attention to anyway, throw it on Amazon Prime tonight, and give you the option of watching a shit game? I'd rather the option to watch a shit game. And I will watch it. Small TV, but I will watch it. So, I don't understand the complaining. And by the way, throw some money on that baby. Put a little, put, put a few shekels on Falcons at Panthers. That always makes it interesting. There's never been a game that wasn't interesting when you had a few shekels on it. Throw some dollars on that act. Get in, get in the mix. Gambling is the best. Get in the, yeah, everybody should gamble. Get, everybody should bet on sports games. Get in the mix. I don't understand the complaining when it comes to, The Thursday night football. So anyway, moving on. Here's what I got going on today. And then we're going to get to some stuff that happened last night. We'll take a look at the heat. This is a big news day. This afternoon, 3 p.m. Black Panther, Wakanda forever. You know what I'm talking about. That's right. Finally, today. Well, you know how movies used to go? Movies come out on Fridays, right? You know how movies used to go. Comes out Friday. And then eventually it would be like, all right, you know what? Let's open it. Let, let's do a midnight showing. And then the movie actually debuts. Because midnight's still, it's, that's Friday. That Thursday goes into Friday when it's midnight. So let's release the movie at midnight. Only one time in my life. Have I ever seen a midnight showing? You know, for, for the movie premiering. And now it's Howard Stern's private parts back in 1997. Uh, everybody knows I'm a huge Howard Stern fan. And I was 16 years old. Me and two or three of my friends, we went to the midnight showing Howard Stern private parts. Great movie. I mean, the girl, when she's sitting on the speaker, uh, the big... What a scene. Everybody knows that's been, that scene. So that's the only time I've ever seen a midnight show. But that's what I used to do, right? So it'd be like, you know, so let's pump up the ticket sales a little bit. Let's, let's do a special midnight screening where the movie will debut technically the night before, but it's technically still Friday. Then, eh, you know what? Let's just start opening the movie on Thursday. Let's do like an 8 p.m. showing. And now the movies come out Thursday afternoon. So the first showing today, 3 p.m., 3 p.m., me and my son, my 11-year-old, we're going to see Black Panther Wakanda forever this afternoon. I can't wait. The early reviews are great. I think it's already at uh, 86% certified fresh Rotten Tomatoes. You know, that's that's how you see if a movie's good or not. 86% certified fresh Rotten Tomatoes media score. And not that you didn't know that Black Panther Wakanda forever. Black Panther is a top five Marvel movie. And Black Panther Wakanda forever I hear it's been, it looks amazing. It looks amazing. I don't read reviews, and I try not to watch trailers. 
But what I've seen looks amazing, and I've heard it's just, like, it does Chadwick Boseman right, who of course passed away, and I'm so curious, uh, apparently the tone of the movie is different from most Marvel movies, you know, not necessarily all the comedy, I guess, but the tone of the movie pays real tribute to Chadwick Boseman, and just, I want to know, you know, I don't know who's, who's the next Black Panther, who takes over, like, I guess it could be Shuri, it's going to be the sister, we've seen, I guess, her in the suit, but is there more than one Black Panther? I'm kind of curious, is there any scenario where Killmonger is alive, is that possible? Um, I mean, I think he died at the end of the first one. Could Killmonger be alive? That'd be amazing. Uh, how are they going to kill off Chadwick Boseman? You know, so I, I just, I'm so, and Namor gets introduced. He's the bad guy. I'm so into this movie. I can't wait. I'm very excited for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. So I'm seeing it this afternoon. And yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll give a full-on review tomorrow. I don't know if we'll do big movie, not a big movie, but we'll do a full-on review tomorrow. So Black Panther, Wakanda forever. That, that's a big movie, I can tell you right now. I'm very excited for that. The Panthers last night. Panthers win 3 nothing. Now that I enjoyed. That was an enjoyable game. So how about this? Matthew Kachuk is done serving his two-game suspension, and the Panthers won both those games. So... Now, we're not doing hashtag better without Kachuk. That's not what I'm doing at all. No, no, no. I love, I love him. He is awesome. But what it means is maybe this kickstarts the team. Maybe this gives them a little bit of a jolt. They win back-to-back games, and now you got Kachuk back in the lineup. Next up for the Panthers is Saturday against Edmonton. Last night, you had Sasha Barkov score his third goal of the season. Beautiful goal, which made it 2 to nothing for Hagee. had the first goal of the night. And then Sam Bennett added an empty netter. So Barkov, you're looking for him to get going as well. The Panther defense was good last night. Spencer Knight was awesome. He gets the 40-save shutout. That's a good Carolina team. I hate the Panthers. I, I mean, I hate, hate the Panthers. Strike that from the record. I love the Panthers so much. I hate the Hurricanes. I hate that Vincent Trocheck. Shout out to several people on Twitter yesterday who told me that Trocek does not play for the Hurricanes anymore. I think he signed with the Rangers in the offseason. Doesn't matter. I still don't like him, and I hate the Carolina Hurricanes even more. So, shout out to those who corrected me. Trocek is not with them anymore. Doesn't matter. Still hate their guts. Panthers win yesterday 3-0, so they are now 8-5-1. And next up is Saturday afternoon. I think both teams, I think the Heat and Panthers are both... Saturday afternoon games. That's kind of weird. Anyway, Panthers have Edmonton on Saturday afternoon. So there you have it. You get a win last night for your favorite little hockey team. The Heat tonight. The Heat have Charlotte. When does the fun start? When does the fun start? Now, is Tyler Hero going to be back? I would assume Hero's good to go. The Hornets are going to be very shorthanded. No Lamella Ball, no Gordon Hayward. Cody Martin, the twin brother of Caleb, he is out tonight as well. So a very shorthanded Hornets team. The Heat are also playing them on Saturday. So back-to-back home, uh, two straight home games. The Hornets, they're making their lone trip to South Florida. So if you're know if, if you a young guy out there listening to Zaslow Show 2.0 right now and just like, oh, I, I love the Hornets so much. I can't wait to see them. Well, they're only here once this year. They're, they're here for two games, but only one trip this year. So you got to make your dad say, Dad, I want to go see the Hornets. I love the Hornets, all right? But no LaMelo Ball tonight. No LaMelo Ball. The Heat looking to get back on track tonight. Four and seven, they're kind of miserable. Looking for the fun to start. Waiting for it. Waiting for the fun. And I I, I see the Jay Crowder stuff continues to, you know, kind of get ratcheted up there. I... I don't want to talk about Jay Crowder like he's some kind of savior. 
Like, the Heat aren't losing these games because they don't have P.J. Tucker anymore. If you, if you think of just if they had P.J. Tucker, that, all, that everything would be fine. Go talk to Philadelphia. Philadelphia sucks right now also. Like, P.J. Tucker, Jay Crowder, not, not some kind of savior. Would Jay Crowder help? I, I suppose. But that's, like, Jay Crowder. Come on, man. Come on. So... I don't think anything's going to wind up getting done there unless he gets cut. He could totally get cut. That's such a weird situation there, too, in Phoenix because Jay Crowder, he's completely held out. He's not with the team. He wasn't going to be a starter anymore. He's mad. Cam Johnson now got hurt. So it's like, all right, you got Jay Crowder. Why don't you bring him back and, you know, start him? So that's a really weird situation, what's going on there. But Jay Crowder isn't some savior, all right? Everybody's got to settle down. As far as other NBA stuff, so yesterday... Jacques Vaughn was officially named head coach of the Brooklyn Nets. It, and, and the Nets won last night. They won like three in a row, two or three. They, they played well, I think. Uh, I think they've won three of their last four games. I think the four games that Kyrie Irving has been suspended for because he's an anti-Semite, uh, I think they've won three of them. And they, and they look like a competent team. I saw some of the game last night. They kicked the shit out of the Knicks. And Kevin Durant was awesome. Kevin Durant should have the ball as much as possible. And when Kyrie Irving's not there, guess what? Kevin Durant has the ball as much as possible. Put some shooters around him. Put some good role players around him. Uh, I would trade Kyrie Irving, but nobody's going to trade for him. So I don't know what you do if you're Brooklyn. But uh, And I'm not talking about, look, for me, I think it should kick him out of the league. But if I'm the Nets, you want to get rid of Kyrie Irving. I just I don't, I don't know how you do that and get anything for him. They're not going to get anything for him. They're better without Kyrie Irving, which should not be a surprise to anyone. The Cleveland... Kyrie Irving is the most toxic player in sports. And this is not based on him throwing out the anti-Semitic rhetoric. The Cleveland Cavaliers were still a championship contender when Kyrie Irving left. Kyrie Irving left, they still went to the finals, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Kyrie Irving left Boston, they went to the NBA finals. And now Kyrie Irving is gone from Brooklyn and they look like a competent basketball team. If the Nets were to get rid of him, or if the Nets were to tell him, still stay away, the Nets would be better off. They'd be better off, and Kyrie Irving's history tells you they'd be better off. It's the most toxic player in sports. And the Nets look like a competent team now. But Jacques Vaughn was named head coach yesterday. It's really hard to believe that the commissioner did not step in with the Udoka stuff and said, hey, uh, I'm not going to allow you to hire him. You can't do that. You can't do that. Certainly not with with the Kyrie Irving situation going on right now. Uh, Joe Sy, the owner, sends out a tweet. It's bigger than basketball. And now you're going you're gonna to bring in Yudoka? No, not allowing it. Can't do it. Hard to believe. Because Wojnarowski, Sham Sharania, they both reported they're working on the deal. This is happening. He's going to be named coach, possibly middle of the week. Well, that was a week ago. And then all of a sudden, Shock Vaughn's the coach. You don't think the commissioner stepped in and said, yeah, I'm not allowing this. You're not. You're going to find somebody else. There has to be someone else in the world who can coach this team that isn't Dime Udoka. And of course, that would be true. You have to believe the commissioner stepped in. And you know what it reminds me of? It actually reminds me of the Dolphins and Sean Payton. It does. Because the Dolphins fired Brian Flores. And we've seen the paper trail at this point. All signs were pointing to Sean Payton and Tom Brady 
coming to the Dolphins. By the way, how happy are we about that now? You see Tua, you know he's awesome. You know if he's got good people around him, that he could be awesome. And Tom Brady, look, Brady may be awesome too if he was with this Dolphins team, but 45. You'd rather Tua. You'd rather another 10 years of Tua. Anyway, that's that's not what we're talking about here. But it reminds me of the Dolphins and Peyton and Brady. Because they fired Flores, and it seemed like everything was lined up for Peyton to be the coach, Brady to be the quarterback, and then Flores files the lawsuit. And Flores files the lawsuit, $100,000 to lose games, uh, Rooney Rule stuff, black coaches not getting a fair shot, and then you see the scenario, and it's Flores winning record with the Dolphins, two straight winning seasons, they're a disaster of a team, And they've concocted this entire plan to fire him and bring in Sean Payton. Doesn't look good. While he's alleging that black coaches don't get a fair shot, which they don't. Everyone knows that. Don't be naive. Black coaches do not get... Now, not everything's racism, but black coaches do not get a fair shake. They don't. Not all the time. I shouldn't say that uh, in such a generality. But, you know, a, a lot of times they do not get a fair shake. And it seemed like everything was lined up for the Dolphins to get Peyton and then, of course, Brady. If the Flores lawsuit did not happen, I think Sean Payton would be the coach. But that happened, and they had to squash that whole plan. And I think that's very similar to what happened with Udoka. I think they wanted Udoka. I think it's quite possible that right before the season started, they did a little research there. They found out. Now, I believe Udoka, sorry, I take a sip of my coffee. I believe Udoka is a CAA client. So you go through the agents, you go through the back channels there, and you find out, okay, the Celtics, part of the agreement that the Celtics have with Udoka with the suspension is that if another team comes around, he could take the job and the Celtics wouldn't be asking for compensation. And I think the Nets knew that. And it was kind of a deal where, all right, let's see how the season starts. Uh, you know, we're, we're a dumpster fire of a franchise, but let's see how the season starts. And if it doesn't go well, we're going to circle back. And then you had all the Kyrie stuff go down, and the commissioner had to step and go, are you effing crazy? I'm not letting you do it. Can't hire him. Can't do it. Clean up your house first. And their house is messy. So it reminds me, the Udoka Nets situation reminds me of the Dolphins and Sean Payton. The, uh, the Lakers got, the Lakers lost last night to the Clippers. They're 2-9. and nine. They have the worst record in the NBA. LeBron got hurt, too. He's, he's going to miss some time now. You think he's rushing back? Team's 2-9, and nine, worst record in the league. But I feel like, I mean, the team stinks, obviously. But with LeBron, Anthony Davis, even Westbrook, I feel like there's no excuse for the Lakers to be this bad. How could they possibly be this bad? And there's no light at the end of the tunnel, by the way, because you know the number one pick this year, Victor Wembanyama. If the Lakers win the draft lottery, pick goes the Pelicans. Pelicans have the right this year to a pick swap. With the Lakers. They don't outright have their pick. They have the rights to a pick swap. And I feel like if the Lakers get the number one pick, I think the Pelicans will want to swap and take that pick. I think. You don't know for sure, but I think they're probably going to want to do that. Uh, This could wind up being like the worst season in Laker history. Finish with the worst worst record in the league and then get the number one pick. It's Wembenyama, and you have to give it to the Pelicans in the deal where you traded for street clothes. Could be one of the worst seasons ever for the Los Angeles Lakers. 
All right. So, you know, we love having comedians on the show. We love having actors on the show, celebrities, what have you. And our pal, of course, is Dave Williamson, who who, who is based out of L.A. He, he's, he's a Miami guy, though. We, we've had him on the show a bunch. Really good to have you on here. You're one of we you're one of the first. You're not the very first, but you're in the first batch of guests that we're having on Zaslow Show 2.0. Because I'm starting to get to a place, Dave, here. I know you've been podcasting. You got the Meet Dave podcast. And I'm like, so I've been doing a lot of learning, you know, because I've never Uh been technologically savvy. And you sent me a really nice note recently that you like seeing me jumping into the podcast foray. Yeah, well, when, you know, I heard the news about, you know, the the radio show and everything, I immediately thought, I go, man, I hope Zaz... Because, you know, I didn't know, I didn't talk to you personally, so I didn't know if you had something else lined up or wh- where your mind was with everything, you know. And then uh, I was thinking, man, if Zaz, um, you know, if, if he doesn't have something already lined up, he should hop into podcasting for sure, you know. And because it's a shame not to, like, hear your takes on stuff and whatever. And then I saw you, like, the next day uh, advertise that you're going to launch the podcast. And I was like, yes, I love it. Yeah, I spent, like, the first three weeks since I left, you know, terrestrial radio, just reading and learning and really playing catch up, you know, and people were telling me, Hey, you got to do a podcast and you got to do YouTube. And it's like, so I'm starting small and like, I'm building my way to, you know, get more and more comfortable. And that's why now this is week number two and like, all right, I'm comfortable now adding guests on the show. Hey, that's the beauty of it, man, is that you don't have the advertisers to answer to and the bosses and the red tape you can literally just figure it out. You know, the people are tuning in for you, you know, so you figure everything else out as you go. So I I want, I I got a bunch of fun stuff. I want to talk to you about Dave, but first uh, I want you to tell everyone a little bit about the meet Dave podcast, because I, you can attest this. I, I think maybe the last time or two times ago that I had you on Zaslow show, you know, you had told me, Hey, let me know next time you're cooking something because I'm not great at barbecuing. All right. I, I'm not. I wish I was. Yeah. I'm not masculine enough. I'm not great at barbecuing. <laughs> and you told me, hey, I, I, I will help you whatever you want. And so I have been sending you pictures of the meat that I buy and, you know, in the package and you you're giving me tips and it's worked really great. And, and you're like, you got this Meet Dave podcast, and when you're torn out there with Burke Kreischer, you, you're, you're cooking for everybody after the show, right? A hundred percent, yeah. Uh, cooking for me was just a hobby that I like doing specifically. You know, I'm a dad. I, I like barbecuing, smoking meat, grilling meat, you know? Um, and so it became a hobby that turned into a, a little bit of branding for me. It's what people started knowing me as. And then getting to tour with Burt, like right now we're in an arena in Billings, Montana. I'm in one of the locker rooms because, you know, a lot of these arenas have like minor league hockey teams and stuff that play here. Um, we, as a matter of fact, you might hear a sound check come through in a second because <laughs> they were doing it right before we hopped on. But um, we got a, a rec tech gave us a travel smoker that we started taking with us on the road. Next thing I know, I'm like, oh man, I got, I got time to lean into this on the road and cook for people and make people happy. And so, you know, Bert has a huge social media following. So he started putting me on the Instagram stories and it started being what I, what I got known for. And so I, I wanted to learn myself. So when I was traveling around doing my own dates or I was with Bert before the pandemic, I started reaching out to people and I was like, Hey, can I interview you for my podcast? Cause I just wanted to learn from all these awesome pit masters around the country and butcher shop guys and, you know, uh, farmers. And 
So uh, it was a it was a good excuse for me just to reach out and talk shop with them and pick their brain. And uh, so the podcast was called Meet Dave. And same as you, man, I just learned it on the fly. I was just like, I don't even know what this podcast is going to be about. I'm just going to figure it out as I go. And uh, I've been on a little bit of a hiatus with it uh, uh, lately because um, the the once we started uh, traveling again, it got harder, right? The, the pandemic actually made it kind of interesting, made it easier to get good guests because everyone started getting familiar with Zoom and whatever, you know, yeah. and, and, do it, and everyone had free time. And now we've just been touring so heavy that, um, you know, I, I was like, you know what, I'm going to put a bookmark on it and then bring it back at a elevated level. So I, you know, I'm building out my space in my yard. My front yard looks like a, like a TV set studio setup where I do all my cooking and everything. And honestly, meet Dave's become more than the podcast. It's kind of just become my persona. So it's, you know, it's my Instagram, it's my YouTube. Um, I get all this cool custom stuff people send me, but I, nothing makes me happier. And when it's 2 p.m. in L.A. and it's about dinner time <laughs> in, in Miami and I get a text message and it's you just sending me a photo of the butcher case going, which steak should I buy? Yep. And, and I go and then you pick one out and then you're like, how should I cook it? And I'm like, oh, well, that's a really thick ribeye. You should reverse sear that one. Right. Throw it in the smoker, throw it in the grill, throw it in the oven and whatever you got to work with at low heat when the internal temperature gets about 120 crank up a cast iron, crank up the grill, sear it till you get to about 129 or so internal temperature, nice and medium rare, if that's how you like it. Pull it, let it rest, slice into that bad boy. Well, I think one time you got like a flank steak or something that was a little smaller. Yeah. I said, said just crank the grill up hot, season it, crank the grill up hot, wait till it's hot, and then just throw it on there a few minutes each side. Keep flipping. And uh, you've I, you've been knocking it out of the park. You've Jazz. been giving me really good advice, and for me to get it right and make my wife and kids happy with the meat means that I'm doing something right. So you're 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 giving really good advice. I appreciate it, man. So meet Dave. You check out the podcast. You're in Montana now. So what what kind of venue are you guys playing here? This is an arena. An arena. So, yeah. So this is like uh, something that, you know, like, a, like I said, like a minor league hockey team would play in or something along those lines. You know what was cool? Even though uh, the the Pacers are bitter rivals of our yeah. beloved Heat, uh, I uh, it, we, we, yeah, I know it was pretty cool. We uh, played the Pacers arena last week, uh, like 9,000 people. Um, it, it was really neat. Is it weird? You've talked to me about when you played in theaters and – I actually saw Adam Sandler in a theater last night, which I, I, I want to get to oh, that in a cool. second with you. Yeah, I'll talk about that in a second. But so playing in arena, you can't really see the crowd, right? Like that's that's got to be weird when you're telling the jokes and you can't see the people. Yeah, the theaters generally are a little darker. So the theaters, you only see the first few rows very well. Um, the arenas are a little bit more lit just because they're so big. Um, and it's just, I mean you feel the energy in an arena. You know what I mean? Um, the coolest one was Red Rocks in Colorado. Oh, That's man. 10,000 people. They're all going up from yeah. you. Normally, normally, we're up on a stage looking down on everybody. In uh, Red Rocks, you're looking up at everybody. And all the laughs funnel down. The acoustics are just perfect in there. And they funnel down. And both times we've worked Red Rocks that I've done Red Rocks opening for Burt, we stayed and went to a concert the following night. The first year was Jimmy Buffett. This past year was Wilco. So it's pretty cool to perform in a venue like that. And then the next day, experience it from 
the audience member's standpoint and just sit there and go, man, we were on that stage last night. That's bonkers. Now, you, you tour with Burt Kreischer. How did that relationship start? I mean, he's one of the biggest comics in, in, in our country. So how did that come about? Uh, way before he was one of the biggest comics in the country, uh, he was doing well. He was, uh, you know, headlining the West Palm Beach Improv. And I was a local comic in Miami and, uh, you know, had a day job working for my family's business there in town. And uh, I would work the weekends anytime I could. So I don't remember if I was emceeing or if I was middling at that point. But uh, they just, you know, booked me to open for him. And I'd never met him. And, you know, Bert and I have a lot of similar, uh, a lot of um, uh, sensibilities in common. <laughs> um, so we uh, we hit it off. We went out for a beer after the show. And then, you know, uh, we're both, you know, kind of dudes who. Uh, had young families at the time, so we had a lot in common there. Um, we're both from Florida originally. I don't know, we just had a lot in common. So just over the years, I, I opened for him uh, randomly, you know. Uh, uh, I guess we made sense together, so a lot of the clubs would even just randomly book us together, and we always got along. And So a couple of years back, he just I, I, I did something with him in L.A., and uh, he was like, are you working the road much right now? And I go, you know, I've actually been trying to stay in town a little bit lately, because uh, I'm just trying to get traction in LA to up my earning potential on the road. And he's like, I want to bring some openers with me every now and then, you know, uh, would you want to, would you want to come with me? I'm like, absolutely. (laughs) So I started working clubs with him, you know, I started working clubs. uh, And then shortly after that, he was just like, I think I'm going to make the leap to theaters. He's like, would you want to do that? And I was like, yeah. (laughs) He's like, all right, get ready to work. So the first time that you were playing in a theater, that I mean, look, I, my wife and I, we go to the improv all the time. We were at the improv last weekend. But jumping from playing places like the improv, the clubs, you got the brick wall in the background, and then going to a theater. I mean, was that like, was there a culture shock for you? How, how, do, you, how do you make that adjustment? The very first time I ever worked a theater, I was a young comic uh, working those South Florida improvs. And Robert Schimmel was going to perform on New Year's Eve at Parker Playhouse up in Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. And I I guess they called the improv looking for an opener. And somehow my name got thrown in there and I booked the gig. Mind you, I was probably emceeing at the time and maybe had 10 to 15 minutes under my belt. I could do any given night. Right. I didn't have any details. I just show up at the gig on New Year's Eve. And I'm like, ah, oh, theater. I mean, how hard could it be? I do the improvs or bachelorette parties and stuff, you know? So the guy who runs the theater goes, so you're doing 20 minutes tonight, right? And I go, ooh, 20 minutes. Go, yeah, yeah, yeah. No problem, bro. No problem. 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm thinking like, oh, I'll just do crowd work. Because you can do crowd work pretty easy when you're emceeing at the improv. Oh, mm-hmm. what's your, well, you guys celebrating anything? And what do you do for a living, you know? And you could waste time. Uh, I, I've even done gigs in those early days where they told me to do long shows and I didn't have it. I literally just slowed down. <laughs> I just, took, I just took longer to tell my jokes, you know? Um, so I was like, all right, 20 minutes. I, I can stretch it out to 20 minutes. And so I meet Robert Schimmel and we're chit chatting. And I don't know if he did this on purpose to mess with me or if it was just a bad coincidence, but as I'm uh, getting ready to go out and, and, and do my set, right. He goes, Hey Dave. And I go, yeah. And he goes, do 25 and I go oh boy he's screwing with you maybe uh so I go out there and I'm like I gotta do 25 minutes I maybe have 15 
probably 12 good jokes, 12 minutes of good jokes. Yeah. So I go out there, I start doing crowd work right off the bat. And then I realize that in the theaters, like you said, you can't see anybody. Yeah. And then even worse, even if I can see someone, the other 2000 people can't see who I'm talking to. So there's a disconnect. They're not going to laugh at the back and forth I have with this guy. Yeah. So I ate it, Zaz. (laughs) I ate it. And so what is it just like the shame washes over you at one point during the show and you're trying to get through it? Well, I mean, now it's not a big deal. Now, right, like, right. you know, you know how to weather it. You know how to get it back on track. You, you know, you, you, back then you just start like spiraling. Like, and then now you don't have confidence. If you have confidence, you're never getting them back. Right. And when you start feeling the sweat, then, you know, you're in trouble because now you're just pouring sweat and you're just oh. like, oh, God. Uh, and then you look at the clock and you got 12 more minutes and you're like, oh, boy. <laughs> I saw a great show at the Hard Rock Live on Tuesday night. I saw Adam Sandler, okay, who is yeah. my wife's absolute favorite. Um, so, and we'd seen him one time before. And we get there, and it says Adam Sandler and surprise guests. We're like, okay, all right, what what do we got going on tonight? And as it turns out, you had, you had three openers for him. You had Nick Swartzen. Oh, cool. Judd Apatow. Yeah. And Rob Schneider. And it was like... There. It, what what a night so our studded evening yeah we, we we had a great time and i also asked you so last weekend we saw brad williams who i'd never seen before and i'd always want to see tell you right now top five performances i've ever been to live wow yeah brad's awesome man he's a killer and he's a super nice dude um killed. i know brad he forever killed yeah. it was so, just non-stop laughing my wife my wife was tired from laughing at the end of the show it was non-stop laughing and he's he's so like he was he's so good not that you go to see brad williams and you don't know that you're going to see a little person you do know this but he does such a good job disarming everyone right at the start where he comes mm-hmm. out you know there's a host and there was an opener and then he comes out he goes all right we got a jewish guy we got a tall funny black guy and now a midget just ran on the stage tonight's gonna be amazing and so everyone is just hysterical laughing he's like all right that's that's the tone of the evening he killed he was so good did you end up telling your wife that he was a little person did you let her find out when he walked out from behind stage so i said dave a message go should i tell my wife or (laughs) you know maybe we'll like he'll come out and she'll be like oh you know, and then I'll just kind of look at her and start laughing. She, I did not tell her. I did not tell her. And I was staring at her when Brad came out. She gave no reaction. She's very accepting of all people. She <laughs> gave no reaction. So the the, the, the joke kind of backfired. I thought it was going to be like a hilarious <laughs> thing. And I was gonna be like, what? what what's, what's, is there anything different about him? What's going on? And all right. I, I have a good Brad Williams story and I have a good Adam Sandler story. Go ahead. All right. So the Brad Williams story. Uh, I'm hanging out at the improv in Hollywood one night. Right. And it's me and it's Brad. That's like two or three other comics. And we're standing out in front by the street, like in a circle, just telling jokes, cracking up, holding court. Right. Catching up with friends. And this random guy walks up and he was like uh, trying to like kind of like, you know, you, you know, you can tell like they're like sliding over to you like, yeah. hello, fellow comics. How are you? you know? <laughs> and we're just like, hey, man, it was like an older guy. Right. And I, I think this dude must have been like a comic like 30 years ago. And he was like in town. It was trying to like pick up what, you know, he thought he could, could just pop in. It was, it was like Roy Munson, you know, like from Kingpin. Like, uh-huh. so, so he is like, the guy goes, Hey, is uh, you guys know if uh, Bud Friedman's in tonight? 
which Bud Friedman's the original founder of the improv comedy club chain. It would be like going to Wendy's and being like, Hey, is Dave Thomas here? You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I don't think Bud's here tonight, buddy. And so the guy goes up to what used to be the front door and he's like, Oh, is it closed? We go, no, it's not the front door anymore, man. You got to go over there. It's like, Oh, cool, cool, cool. So then uh, you know, as the guy leaves, he stops and he just stares at Brad for a second. We're thinking like, does this guy know Brad or what? Like we're all sitting there like, real there's like tension it's real mm-hmm. and he walks up to him and he holds his hand out brad shakes his hand and he goes hey man thank you for your service and brad goes yeah no problem buddy and so then the guy like turns and he walks away and we're thinking like oh did like brad do a, a uso tour with this guy or something and he's I, I, we couldn't figure it out and the guy walks away and brad waits for him to get out of earshot and brad <laughs> looks up at us and he goes I think that guy thinks I lost my legs in the war. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, are you serious? You don't know because I have no idea. <laughs> but I laughed so hard at Brad delivering that line. Uh, um, Adam Sandler, I moved to um, L.A. Uh, in 2013. I took my wife and two kids in a 25-foot travel trailer on the road with me for a year and a half uh en route to moving to la right so we get to la we're still in the travel trailer and we stay in a, a, a cool rv park up in uh, malibu malibu beach rv park so we basically lived there for months while we were looking for a house in la right so it's like the first day i live in la i take my kids that were young at the time to get ice cream down the street mm-hmm. we're in this ice cream place and my kids 99 times out of 100 if a kid walks up to them my kids are best friends with that kid they're going to be on the playground we're going to be setting up play dates whatever both my kids decided to throw a tantrum this day because i wouldn't let them get their ice cream in an ice cream cone i made them get it in a cup because the last like three times i bought them ice cream cones the ice cream ended up on the ground yeah and i was like look you guys are getting them in cups today i'm sorry right so they're throwing tantrums this little girl walks up to both my kids and it's like what's wrong and they're just like "Eh, eh." and i'm just like guys this little girl's trying to be nice to you can you guys stop and they're just, they don't want anything to do with it, right? Adam Sandler walks into the ice cream shop, grabs her by the hand and goes, come on, sweetie, we got to go. And walks out and leaves with her. And I go, we could have been best friends with Adam Sandler <laughs> on the first day we moved to LA and you guys ruined it. <laughs> oh, your kids are friends with every kid yeah. except for Adam Sandler's kids. So now fast forward to uh, uh, last month. Um, I'm, I've been, uh, cooking barbecue and taking it to the comedy store like once a month or so. Right. Uh, because you know, everyone sees, uh, sees it on the Instagram and I started going to hang out at the comedy store a little more often lately. And, uh, all the, st- uh, the staff, you know, the staff's all like mostly young comics. Yeah. So they're like, Dave, we want to try your barbecue. And I was like, I'll bring you guys some, if the manager's cool with it. And the manager's like, yeah, please. So they're so appreciative and it's so fun to cook them about once a month. I've been bringing in uh barbecue and surprising everyone and feeding everyone during their shift right so i'm I'm in there and uh i hear a, a whole like uh, kerfuffle and i'm like what's going on they're like adam sandler just popped in to do uh, some time upstairs it's the first time he's been in the comedy store in like decades right awesome so i pop up and i watch like 20 minutes of him working out materials probably working out the material you just saw the other night right so he's working out material and i'm like oh man that's so cool and i go you know what i bet he's gonna exit through the kitchen i'm gonna go down and start slicing my brisket now so I get down there and I start slicing the brisket. Sure enough, like three minutes later, I hear behind me like, what are you doing, buddy? 
<laughs> and I'm just like, oh, hey. And I'm like, oh, we're cooking barbecue. And he's like, I'll take a plate of that. I go, yeah, man, for sure, right? So all the staff came down. They're like, oh, Adam, did you try some of this? Dave's got the best barbecue. Adam's like, this is really good. And so uh, I got to feed uh, Adam Sandler some barbecue last month. I love those stories when, you know, you're doing shows and just, and like the huge comedian just shows up and he wants to do 20 minutes. I love hearing those stories. And in LA, dude, uh, you, you could be in a bar or a coffee shop. Yeah. Or the cooler thing to me is when I see guys now who are getting like really great opportunities who like have done my shows that I've run and everyone runs shows. Right. So like I, I run, I've uh, run a lot of shows out in LA guys. who I know who I gave them opportunities. Like they were like begging to be on the show. And now like Michael Longfellow, uh, he's, he did my bar show a thousand times. He just got on Saturday live. My kids are sending me things like dad, check out this uh, skit. It's really funny. And I'm like, I know that guy. Like, yeah. you know? <laughs> and, and it's really cool to see people like, yeah, get on America's got talent or all these like, you know, avenues. Uh, that just like are blowing people up, you know, I know you're coming down to Tampa next month. We can't we can't get you to come a little further south. Let's go, man. Come on. I, I was trying to fit a, a Miami day. Yeah, I'm going to do Orlando on December 28th, the Orlando Improv. And then I'm doing Tampa, I think the 21st to the 23rd. And I'll visit my folks who moved up to Central Florida. Uh, and then I, I definitely want to come do a South Florida run. If it doesn't happen in December, then I'll probably put something together like January, February, March-ish. Okay. All right. Now, you got before I let you go here, you got the Dolphin hat on, man. Yeah. You're, you're a huge Miami sports fan. And, like, you know, I know you're, you're old enough like I am to have watched Marino. Like, we knew what it was like in the 90s. And this year finally has that feel to it that we had when we were kids where it's every time the Dolphins have the ball, I think they're going to score. Yeah. It's a lot of fun, man. You know, when my kids were little, that was when Peyton Manning was ripping stuff up, right? And uh, I tried to tell my kids, like, because the Dolphins were woeful those years. Mm -hmm. That was like the the year we only won one game or whatever mm -hmm. when my kids are starting. So, by the way, when my, my oldest son was old enough to like sports, but not old enough to really be good at math, uh, and, and my wife's a Colts fan and I'm a Dolphins fan every week when my wife wasn't paying attention, I told her, I would tell him the Dolphins won. Cause I know that human <laughs> beings were attracted to winners. <laughs> so I wanted to be a Dolphins. I'm like, Dolphins won again. Like, you know? <laughs> so, um, yeah, I tried to tell my, my son, I'm like, man, this is what it was like with Marino. Like every yeah. year you feel like you have a shot every game. You feel like you have a shot, you know? Um, but I'll tell you the Dolphins, like we definitely have a shot, right? Right. You know, now it feels like that again. But what's more fun is just that they're fun to watch. Yep. Like even even the year like when we went to uh, the playoffs with Chad Pennington. And we're yeah, like, they were oh, boring. They were yeah, boring. they were a fun team. You know. Yeah. Now it's like, oh, dude, it's a fun. Like I don't care if the defense gives up thirty two points if we're gonna score thirty five. That's just fun, right? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> all right, what's gonna is this gonna be one of those plays where we gain sixty yards? You know, like yeah. it any play anything can happen. It's it's so much fun. People are so fired up right now. Well, and I'll tell you what, we just went and, and uh, did errands all around Billings, Montana, uh, just have, you know, just wasted time. We went to mm -hmm. REI and Walmart, a bunch of places. Every single place we went into in the middle of mountain country up here, at least one person walked me up, saw my hat and went, Dolphins. I yeah. Went, oh, no. They were yeah. like, bro, oh, they're fun. You know, yep. like, I, it's it, there's Dolphins fans all over the world because sure. Marino used to get on uh, primetime all the time. So a lot mm -hmm. of people grew up Dolphins fans. And uh, it's just fun to like see them coming out of the woodwork now. It's re it's re yeah. I mean, Marino gave 
you know, made people around the country lifelong Dolphin fans. And, you know, before that, the 72 team, you know, if you're, you know, if you're still alive, the 72 team made you a lifelong Dolphin fan. And now, so they're coming out of the woodworks again. You like, do you ever look when you're traveling? Do you check out what games are in town? And it's like, hey, is there something cool happening here? I can go check out the heat or I can check out the Dolphins or what have you. I always check uh, the Dolphins in the heat schedule to see if I could uh, just get lucky. Yeah. Um, I think it's only ever happened once with the Dolphins. I went to the uh, – I was in Cleveland, and they were playing Cleveland in, a, in the day game. So I just went by myself and scalped one ticket. It's awesome. And, uh, and went in and experienced the dog pound and everything, you know. How much uh, are we going to beat them by this weekend? Dolphins have the Browns this uh, weekend. It's here. How many points Dolphins win by? We're going to smoke them, bro. I think, so, I think, too. I think, I think the dolphins are going to start figuring out their defensive scheme a little bit too, because tell me if I'm wrong, but I know that the secondary has been really banged up and that's been a big yeah. part of our problem. Yep. But now with Chubb, maybe we can get a little bit more aggressive with putting pressure on the quarterbacks mm-hmm. and, and, uh, and that'll help the secondary out a little bit. And the secondary is just going to continue to get uh healthier and healthier. But um, I, you know, the dolphins defense, even when they're healthy, it feels like the past few years, even with Flores, like uh, we, we under we underperformed the first few weeks of the season as the season went on. We got stronger and stronger. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I hope that's the case. Uh, hey, man, it's uh, this was really good catching up with you. I appreciate it. This was really fun. Are you subscribed? Have you subscribed to Zazzle Show 2.0? Are you a subscriber? Oh, I don't know. But if I have it, I better go on and do it. And I'm going to rate. I'm going to leave a comment because yes. all that stuff helps the algorithm. OK. Um, and uh, I'll plug my podcast too. You already did a great job of uh, of doing that with Meet Dave for me. But I got a new one called the Mermen Podcast, which is me and my buddy Forrest Shaw, who's a Miami uh, comic as well, who moved out to LA around the same time as I did. We started together in Miami around the same time, and uh, it's funny because they now we're both like dudes in our forties with a little bit of a dad bod, and <laughs> uh, you know, but we we both have aquatic backgrounds you know like i grew up spear fishing and wakeboarding and playing water polo uh down there in miami and he's a he was a marine biologist uh before he was a full-time comic and um he travels all around with jim jeffries and bill burr and opens up for a bunch of those guys so uh for me i just i, I never saw him we, so i was like dude let's do a podcast together so if nothing else we can just like see each other once a week and, and bust each other's balls or whatever. So it's been a lot of fun. We talk about a lot of Miami stuff. I've seen we, the clips. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it turns into a lot of Miami nostalgia and Florida nostalgia and stuff. So that's the Merman podcast. And, uh, and then if, if people do like water polo, I'm co-host of the Tony Azevedo podcast, which is really cool. Cause I love water polo and Tony's like the Michael Jordan of USA water polo. So uh, it's pretty cool to host a podcast with him and get to talk to him every week. Really great job. Finally, uh, favorite city to play in? Ooh. Uh, wow. Well, one of my favorite comedy clubs, we're going to go uh, drop in on Monday and do sets because Bert's uh, going to record his um, uh, Netflix special next week. So he's just getting in sets, you know. And Madison, Wisconsin has a comedy club called Comedy on State. That is awesome. And so we're going to go in and do it on a Monday. It's already two shows are already sold out. And uh, I'm really looking forward to that because it's just an, a town of awesome people. And then the clubs run by great people. And then it's just such a great town to go out after and have beers. You and know? it's just college kids everywhere. College kids and, you know, people from the community. It's a mix of everybody, man. It's, it's great. That's awesome. Uh, 
yeah, I really enjoyed this, dude. So uh, we'll Anytime. do it again. Anytime. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we'll do it again you, sometime soon, man. You are not shackled by the man or the machine anymore. You can have whoever you went on whenever you want. That's right. I'll try I'll try to wear an outfit next time that doesn't make me look so angelic with these lights hitting me. <laughs> you know, well, you, I should have worn black where you're going to be wearing. Oh, I'll wear black. You're coming from yeah. above. I'm coming from below. That's what we should have done. <laughs> yeah, we're, like, we're like the Jabberwockies here. <laughs> Great job, Dave. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. All right, Zaz. I'm proud of you, buddy. Excellent job there, Dave Williamson. He's great, man. He's awesome. I've seen him a couple times down here. He better get down here, man. He's like, like he said there, he's going to be in Tampa. He's going to be in the central Florida area in, uh, in late December. And, uh, yeah, you can obviously catch him if you, if you're listening somewhere else, uh, he's in Montana right now. He's, he opens, he tours with Burke Kreischer. Um, by the way, Burt Kreischer, you know, Van Wilder, National Lampoon's Van Wilder, Ryan Reynolds, that movie, that character is based on him. That's a true story. You can go look it up. It's based on Burt Kreischer. All right. So, you know this Saturday. Second episode. It's still real to me. That's my wrestling show. That's my wrestling podcast. My guy Joey Levy. Joey Levy. My guy Joey Levin. <laughs> he co-host. Joey Levy was a kid I grew up with. Great guy. My guy Joey Levin. He, he co-hosts with me every Saturday. It's still real to me. And where we give you a, a comprehensive uh, weekend review. We cover all the top stories in pro wrestling. Raw, Dynamite, SmackDown, Rampage. If there's a pay-per-view, we would do a reaction show like we debuted last week after WWE Crown Jewel. So this week, it'll be uh, a recap in the week that was. And there's a lot of stuff to get. I mean, Austin Theory on Monday night. He blows the cash in. Uh, Bobby Lashley, clearly a heel. Yeah, Dynamite from last night, uh, Brian Danielson, Sammy Guevara, great main event. So this Saturday, make sure you're checking out It's Still Real to Me. I'm excited to get to episode number two. I, 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 do, I do need to give you a little pro wrestling right now, because I don't know if you saw this yesterday. But yesterday, so JD from New York, JD from New York, he's a podcaster at JD from NY206. He hosts uh, a wrestling podcast called Off the Script, and I saw he linked to this yesterday where, it, you guys know, if you're a wrestling fan, you know Road Dog, Road Dog, Jesse James, New Age Outlaws, uh, DX, Degeneration X, Attitude Era. So the Road Dog, Jesse James, and he, he, he came out with this quote, I don't, I don't think I was a good wrestler. I don't think Brett was a great wrestler. I think I was a better sports entertainer than Brett, and I think that's where the money is, end quote. Now, we talk about Bret Hart. I don't think I was a good wrestler. I don't think Brett was a great wrestler. I think I was a better sports entertainer than Brett was, and I think that's where the money is, end quote. Holy shit. That was my reaction when I saw that. Holy shit. Now, everybody loves Road Dog. Bret Hart. Bret Hart, pretty polarizing guy. Pretty polarizing figure. But... Everyone can acknowledge he might be the greatest technical wrestler of all time. And for me personally, Bret Hart is my all-time favorite wrestler. I'm, when I was a kid, my dream was to be in the... He was... He just was dripping with cool. If Back then, you gotta remember, late 80s into the 90s, a guy wearing pink, a dude wearing pink... And you could still look cool. Oh my God, he was the coolest. When I was a kid, my dream was to be in the front row at a WWF show and Bret Hart to come over and give me his glasses. That would have been the greatest day ever. Bret Hart, while being a great technical wrestler, was not great on the microphone. Now, he got better once the Attitude Era began and that whole deal. And 
you know, he, you, you gotta, you gotta show a little personality in that regard. He, he got better on the microphone, especially when he became champion. You got to talk. You can't just be uh, next to the anvil looking cute. Road dog Jesse James was amazing on the microphone. Not a good wrestler, but amazing on the microphone and super popular. I don't think I was a good wrestler. I don't think Brett was a great wrestler. I think I was a better sports entertainer than Brett was. And I think that's where the money is. That's a very polarizing thing to say. I know the pro wrestling fan is like, Zazzle, where do you stand? Well, what I stand is Bret Hart is my favorite wrestler of all time. And I don't stand for any. I don't stand for anyone saying anything negative about Bret Hart. But I understand what Road Dog is saying here. Now, so you got to remember back then, it wasn't always about the entertainment. And when I say it wasn't always about the sports entertainment aspect of it. You know, back then, you were able to be an amazing wrestler like Bret Hart and tell a story in the ring like that. I mean, shit. The story that Bret Hart and Stone Cold Steve Austin told, WrestleMania 13. Yeah, Bret's not great on the microphone. That match told the whole story. Double turn, one of the all-time great matches. Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels. Uh, I forget which WrestleMania was. Was it WrestleMania 11, maybe? Iron Man match where he loses the belt to Shawn Michaels. I mean, you're telling an amazing story without saying anything. You can do that without being great on the microphone. And Bret Hart carried that company for several years. He was the champ. He was their champion. And he's widely considered maybe the greatest technical wrestler of all time. You didn't have to be so amazing on the microphone necessarily and still be able to do what Bret Hart did. But I understand what Road Dogg is saying here because the best example I can come up with where can you be a great sports entertainer without being a great wrestler like the Road Dogg was. The best example of that is, I'll give you a second to think about it. You know what it is. The best example of that is Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan. No one understood and worked the crowd better than Hulk Hogan. Amazing. Yes, he was obviously amazing on the mic, but in the ring, the way he was able to work the crowd, have them respond to him, take them on a journey. Hogan was not a good wrestler. No, 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 no. Hogan was not a good wrestler. He got like three moves. He's got the leg drop. Uh, he's, 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 you know, he'll give you, give you an atomic drop. You know, Hogan's got, he's got the hulking up and the punches and the big boots and the leg drop. That's it. That's his moveset. Hogan was not a good wrestler. He was an amazing sports entertainer because the way that he understood the crowd, he was great on the microphone and he was good enough in a ring. He knew how to tell a story. And you saw that with him and Rock. What was that WrestleMania 18, I believe it was? Hogan's a great example of that. One of the greatest of all time, maybe the greatest of all time, was not a great wrestler. Amazing entertainer. So I understand where that's coming from. But man, I'm, I'm not here for any Bret Hart slander. I am not here for it. And you got to understand, Road Dog comes from that place where like Triple H, Shawn Michaels, Degeneration X. You got the whole incident with Bret Hart, Montreal Screwjob. You know, they're not exactly on the same side, you know. I'm not here for any Bret Hart slander. But I understand what Road Dog is saying. I kind of wish he kept Bret's name out of his mouth when making that point. But I get what he's saying. All right. Make sure you tune in this Saturday. It's under the Zazlo Show 2.0 umbrella. If you subscribe to Zazlo Show 2.0, I'll love you long time. And it's still real to me. We're going to be recording the second episode this Saturday, recapping all this week's happenings in pro wrestling. So please check that out. I'm very excited about that. Also, 
Shout out to Barrett Sports Media. If you saw on my Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Zaslow Show, uh, Barrett Sports Media, Jason Barrett, Sports Radio PD, Brian No did a Q&A with me a few days ago. Story came out yesterday just talking about me leaving Terrestrial Radio, starting up Zaslow Show 2.0. And I, I'm super appreciative to those guys. They have always been really good to me. They've, they've done several stories on me over the years. I think it's it's... I mean, it's the top sports radio, sports media, like, you know, blog, website, however you want to put it, publication out there. And they've done several stories on me, including the one yesterday, which is super helpful, of course, because it helps get the word out. That's key. I got to get the word out, let people know where I am, what I'm doing now. And I, I, I thought the piece came out really well. So go check it out, Barrett Sports Media. Go to any of my social media pages and you can see I link to it. And I'm super appreciative of those guys. They've always been really, really good to me. All right, you know what time it is. Let's get to big deal or not a big deal. All right, first up here, this is this is the way we wrap up every show. Everybody knows this, all right? First up today, the Washington Commanders. Now, the Washington Commanders, that's their football team. They were, they, they were called the football team for the last couple of years. This year, they're called Commanders. Now you know who I'm talking about. So the Washington Commanders are being investigated because Daniel Snyder's like a slumlord and there there's some shady financial things going on, which the Attorney General in D.C. announced he is holding a press conference today, 1 p.m. today. So you may be listening to this this afternoon and, you know, press conference already happened. But coming up at 1 p.m. today, there is a press conference, quote, to make a major announcement related to the Washington Commanders. Now... And it also says here, it is presently unknown what they'll be announcing, but his office has been investigating the commanders for more than six months over allegations that the organization engaged in financial improprieties. None of this is surprising. How about this statement that came out yesterday from the commanders in response to that? Quote, less than three months ago, a 23-year-old, this is a, this is a, this is a, a press release, less than three months ago, a 23-year-old player on our team was shot multiple times in broad daylight. You know they're talking about Brian Robinson. You remember that. And for all we know, like, we, we, there's no reason to believe that he did anything wrong. He was in a car. He got shot up. He's okay. He's playing now. He's back. Less than three months ago, a 23-year-old player on our team was shot multiple times in broad daylight. The statement began. Despite the out-of-control violent crime in D.C., today, the Washington Commanders learned for the first time on Twitter that the D.C. Attorney General will be holding a press conference to make a major announcement related to the organization tomorrow. Holy shit. What does Brian Robinson being shot have anything to do with possible financial improprieties with the Washington Commanders? That would be like, that would be like when I was let go from Odyssey last month I'm told that I'm being let go and my response is hold on a second with all the crime that's going on down the road here you're laying me off what what has nothing to do with the what are we talking about here what and so obviously so now you have Brian Robinson's agent issued a statement up until an hour ago, the commanders handled the Brian Robinson situation with so much care, sincerity, and class. And I was so grateful for all of it. Although I know that there are some great humans in that building, whoever is hiding behind this statement is not 
one of them. Wow. Wow. They're being... They're being investigated for financial improprieties, and their response is, why are you investigating us when one of our players was shot and almost killed? That is... That's something, man. That's something. And how do you think Brian Robinson feels right now being used as a... Uh, like, like, like a pawn in that regard? That's a big deal. What a... What a... What a garbage franchise. That... That's terrible. That's a big deal right there. All right, moving on. Number two. Big deal or not a big deal? I saw this last night. The great Fred Hickman passed away. If you grew up in the, you know, 80s, 90s like myself, you got your you got your sports, your national sports. You know, CNN. I loved watching C- CNN SI. Loved watching CNN. You get the national updates there. Fred Hickman, OG sports anchor passed away last night he was only 66 years old cause of death is not known just yet uh i was sad to see that fred hickman was one of those national sports guys sports anchors when he popped up on my television as a kid yo that guy right there he knows what he's talking about i trust him also there weren't a ton of black sports anchors there 80s 90s fred hickman og pioneer he's a big deal him passing away is a big deal I was sorry to hear that yesterday. So, Fred Hickman, rest in peace. OG sports anchor. That's a big deal. All right. Big deal or not a big deal? The Miami Heat. FTX Arena may need a new name. This is only, I think it's year number two. FTX Arena, two or three. I think it's two. FTX apparently is, uh, apparently that's that's not going to be a thing anymore. Uh, I'm not surprised because crypto is not real. That's not a real thing. So FTX apparently is going under, and I, I, I that's a big deal. Now we got to learn a new name potentially to the arena. I got a new name. You know what? You're looking for a sponsor. I got five on it. Zaslow Show 2.0 Arena. I got five on it. Zaslow Show 2.0 arena that's a big deal that's a big deal and i got one more for you here big deal or not a big deal justin field chicago bears quarterback he was named offensive player of the week for the performance that he had against the dolphins rushing and throwing and they scored points but they lost offensive player of the week he had an amazing game but he clearly obviously didn't do enough to win with the game on the line, the Dolphins' defense stopped him three out of four times. Three out of the last four possessions. To be the player of the week, don't you got to win? The win needs to mean something. Like, it needs to account for something. Justin Fields, like, that, that's a big deal to me. Justin Fields being named player of the week. Or no, you know what? I'm going to say not a big deal. Yeah, yeah, I'm going not a big deal. Because I think you got to win the game if you're player of the week. I think it's got to go hand-in-hand. Hand. you got to play great, and it has to mean your team won. So, Justin Fields being named player of the week in a loss, that's not a big deal to me. And that right there is big deal or not a big deal. Yes! Now, you may be saying to yourself, Hey, Zaslow, Thursday Night Football tonight, Falcons, Panthers. I don't get the complaining about the game. Yeah, it's a shit game, but it's better than no game. Where's Jamie Eisenberg? CBS Sports, Fantasy Football. Tomorrow, that's right, he's going to be joining us on Fridays now 
throughout the remainder of the season, so we're going to get back to that. So get your fantasy football questions ready. Send them to me at Zazzle Show. Hey, like, rate, download, subscribe, comment on the podcast. The YouTube page, youtube.com slash at Zaslo Show. You'll be able to find all the interviews we're doing there. You'll be able to find uh, the show on there as well. I post it. I post it in parts, in separate parts. So go to the YouTube page, youtube.com slash at Zaslo Show. Like I said, download, like, subscribe, rate, comment, all that good stuff. That helps me. Tell your friends. Tell your mother I say hello. Excellent job by everybody involved in the show today. We'll talk to you tomorrow morning. On the Zaslow Show, you know what that means. Ah, the show is over. What better time now than to go out back with a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. That's right. That's what I look forward to after every show. And now my day's work is done. I got a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. We're talking European roots with a Caribbean soul. I'm going to sit outside by the pool here at the Zaslow Mansion and just enjoy the rest of my day. Having a Johnny Cuba makes me feel like I'm right back in the Caribbean. We're talking a refreshing German lager in a can. You can get it anywhere. Sedanos, Presidente, Winn-Dixie, and right now, You got special holiday prices on six packs of Johnny Cuba. Make sure you pick up your Johnny Cuba merch as well. We got the hot sauce coming up. Johnny Cuba, stay tranquilo because more is always brewing. You know, when my wife and I became homeowners, I mean, keeping the Zaslow mansion safe, that's not an easy task. Unless you call Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. If you're looking for affordable care that offers the best coverage for your home, your motorcycle, your car, your boat, Brunt Insurance and Financial Services, their team has the expertise and experience to find the right coverage for you, including comprehensive policies for both trailers and motorhomes. Let their team help you learn more about your policy options so you can make an informed decision that's not going to keep you up at night. Bruntinsurance.com. When it comes to home, renters, and condo insurance, your options, hey, it, it, it can be dizzying. Don't worry. They specialize in making the confusing crystal clear with their fully licensed team helping you along every step of the way. Bruntinsurance.com. 954 Five eight nine two two zero four.